podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, here's how Miro works. See, it's amazing. What's everyone doing at David's desk? Ever since marketing started using Miro's collaborative online whiteboard, he thinks all our other teams should sign up. Why? He says Miro's making his meetings disappear. And if every team gets on it, that means even less meetings. They're using Miro for brainstorms, mind maps, customer research. So could we use Miro instead of having another 100 meetings for every round of feedback? Yep. You can comment, react to ideas, even leave a recording on the board. And what about presentations? There are Miro templates for that. How do you know so much about Miro? I've actually been using it all along. I just used a Miro board to plan the best vacation. Okay, I'm on board. See how Miro users save up to 80 hours every year by meeting less and doing more. Get on board at Miro.com with three boards free forever. That's M I R O.com. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to the Leading Edge Cricket Podcast. The 12 days of Christmas is a celebration. And unfortunately, that only takes part in Australia because it is 3-0 rich. Everything Glenn McGraw has said is coming true. And um, I actually don't know what to do with this. I, I sat on the toilet for three <laughs> minutes. Two wickets went down in that time. And I was like, I just can't do this anymore. I'm driving into the garden shop instead. That's what it's come to. I think that was probably more exciting, more interesting from an England cricket fan's perspective than watching this absolute shambles. Um, it's got me to the point, I, I've not bothered staying up. I've listened to a little bit on the radio, but I've just, you know, it's like yesterday, just expected the match to finish in, yeah. in quick time. And it, and it did. It's just, there's nothing there with this squad. This is 2006-07 again, you know, first tour I went over there. It's an embarrassment. It's a shambles. There is so much to get into. We can't do it all today. There's going to be such big questions, isn't there, in this one of where it all went wrong and how we, how we sort it out. I think today we just have a bit of a moan, a bit of a rant. Let it all out. It's, it's emotional <laughs> therapy for us to, you know, people, I, I feel sorry for people in different ways. I feel sorry for the people staying up. And ultimately, yes, I, I yes. feel sorry for people that go, you know what, I'm going to go to bed. I'll wake up, I'll watch the score, I'll watch mm. the highlights. And they look at the phone and the game finished five hours ago. <laughs> That's heartbreaking. What a way to exactly. start the day. Exactly. Look, it's been Christmas. Still got, I've got the tree up forward to get a little bit festive here today. Um, I wasn't wasn't going to let cricket ruin Christmas. Not this year. We've not had this too many winters. Not, not too this many time. Winters. You've been it's, it's this once time. bitten, twice shy. <laughs> um, so what we're going to do? We're going to break down a whole bunch of talking points around the game going on, starting from the beginning, working our way through mm. to the end, everything in between, and take a look at potentially what the squad might look like for the fourth and fifth test. Squad, mm. team, players going out on the pitch, maybe even taking a piece of willow with them to try and bat at the same time. So Be useful. Starting off. And I've picked this one out. There's two points around the selection which which baffled me a little bit. One, Jack Leach is good enough to play test cricket again. Awesome. That's good to know, isn't it? I mean, they've picked him at the right grounds, definitely. <laughs> like you go to Adelaide, play spinner, play spinner. Oh, no, well, he got bullied in the game before. But you know what? Third test, five days later, he's absolutely fine to come back and play test cricket. So rest rotation tied from his seven overs for 300. I, I, I've genuinely lost any sort of concept of understanding with the selection and what's going on with Silverwood and whoever else is making decisions with this team at the moment. Just Silverwood, that's it. It's a, it's a, it's a yeah. one-man show, mate. Everything, the book stops at the top because he's got all the power. 
But there must be people feeding into him. The coaching staff are there. Root's got a say on things. He's not, he's not necessarily going to pick the team, but people have a say there as well. It's, you know, yeah. people influencing him. It's not just him making those decisions, but the decisions that clearly he's put his name to is <laughs> undermining his ability to do this job after this series. Let's put it that way. I like that. I like that. There's huge question marks. Twitter is like, what do you want for Christmas? Chris Silverwood's resignation, who is apparently exactly. seeing a lot of positives at the moment. So we're, we're looking mm. at different games. Yeah, if anyone can point those out, actually, if anyone can tell me what the positives were that Chris Silverwood was talking about, that there were positives in this series so far, please, please, please do tell us because we'd love to chat about positives. We did a, we ended last pod, pod, didn't we, on positivity, a bit of yeah. positivity. I'd love to know what Silverwood's been um, talking about. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was going to say. Positive train, the positive <laughs> Chris Silverwood train. And there are, there are but just not with Willow. Um the other one, Rory Burns being dropped and Zach Crawley coming in. Now, Rory Burns has been given a, a huge amount of time in Test cricket, Rich. 31 mm -hmm. Test matches, an average of 30. That is Cook, Strauss, Triscothic, Vaughan. He's the fifth most capped opener in the last 22 years of English Test cricket. His average has fluctuated massively. Mm -hmm. um, average 35 back in 2019, scored an Ashes century. Things look good. Average 28 last year, 27 this year. Um, made the England team purely on weight of runs, not the attractiveness yeah. of his cricket on the pitch. Is that it? Is the fork officially done for Rory Burns? It's a very good question. We made the we spoke about this at length, didn't we, in the last pod as well. It wasn't necessarily about how well players are playing in position at the minute. It's who is going to replace them. And Rory Burns, that record is, is not great overall, is it? He's had a long run. Yeah. You could say he's had his time. <laughs> Alistair Cook, I'll come back to what Alistair Cook was talking about before about Rory Burns. Does he want to go and play another 40 test match? Well, clearly he doesn't because he's not corrected any of those bizarre quirks, idiosyncratic, synchronatic, whatever movements. He just doesn't seem to want to do anything differently. He's got his way of doing it. He got himself into the test arena by doing what he does and he's carried it on and he's not changed one damn thing. Yes, you're going to get dropped at some point. He's lucky he's made this many appearances. Dom Sibley could argue he's a little bit unfortunate compared to to uh, Rory Burns but Burns did show a bit more in the summer didn't he yeah I don't know what what to say about Rory Burns it, it's just he's not taken that opportunity in the end has he he's, he's had an extended run and nothing has changed talking of nothing's changed they bring in Zach Crawley who has spent I don't know what how long he's been on this tour so far what has he been doing because he's clearly not corrected any of the issues he's had which you know everyone found out about that made him lose his place and he comes back into the team this time as an opener and he's still got the same flaws what are we doing is anyone I don't know mate he didn't, he didn't score a county coaching ton. him yeah he didn't so. score a county ton um which means he hasn't kind of headed in the right direction he hasn't no. seen continuous growth or or yeah just just moving more mm. towards where he needs to be in in test cricket if you take the pakistan double century or against any other team. The average is four against New Zealand, 16 against India, eight against Australia, 32 v South Africa, eight versus Sri Lanka and 24 versus West Indies. And it's only Australia he's played a single test match against. So there's, mm. there's huge concerns about what's going on with his bat, the, the angle yes. of his bat and yes. the temperament of the player. He scores at a strike rate over 55 in county cricket in the last three years. That's someone that's very good at hitting the ball and scoring at a decent rate. That's absolutely fine. But the fact is he still averages 34, I think it is, in the last few years in, in county cricket, opening the bat in. Mm. So it, 
what can you do? There's not that many players in this squad that you can bring in. Maybe it's part of that conversation we had about the Lions going, why aren't the Lions getting experience mm. and touring around with this main team and playing state teams, playing, you know, grade A club teams, just getting cricket, playing in Australia and representing England at a certain level. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we're talking about Zach Crawley, obviously, because he replaced Rory Burns and rightfully so, you know, we could talk about the issues around this whole setup and it's, it's such a massive conversation, isn't it? And like I say, we're not going to try and get into all of it in one go. We're probably going to go around in circles and zigzag around this conversation, but the coaching, we don't want coaches at international level being interventionist to the point where you get in and they're trying to change everybody into yeah. an MCC manual batter or bowler or whatever it might be. But there has to be coaches helping them, correcting flaws, correcting technical issues, yeah. just straightening things off a little bit with batting or just correcting tiny little things, helping. Nothing seems to happen. Nothing seems to change with any of these players. These players come to the England setup and do not improve. They get worse. Yeah. They go back to the county circuit, score runs, because it's either a bit easier or, I don't know, whatever reason. But they don't become better players playing for England. Did I see somewhere since 2012, batters making the debut, not one's averaged over 40. Yeah, that's right. Ben Folks, I think, is the most with 31, maybe, 32. Yeah, but, but he's not as good a bat, batsman as the other two wicketkeepers in the squad. Look, I, I just I, it baffles me. It really does. Zach Crawley, nothing against the guy. He's, he's seen, you know, when we saw him against Pakistan, he looked sensational. Yeah. But he's got a flaw. Nobody's corrected it. Has he gone out of his way to try and correct it? Is he doing anything for himself? I've no idea, but it clearly seems like he hasn't. Hasib Hamid, he's not getting out, out of this free. We love him. We're Nots fans. But... I don't know what to say at the moment. He, he looks completely devoid of, of, you know, he doesn't look like he's going to be able to bat time, let alone score runs at the moment. Yeah. And he started the series okay. He looked yeah. okay that first hour or so. Yeah. And then it's pretty much <laughs> gone downhill since then. He looked good for an hour. I'm Get sorry. him in. Sign him up. We're not going to talk about this now, but where do we go from uh, this point? I just need to, on your point about Lions, I just want to quickly say Rob Yates was in the squad, wasn't he? Alex yeah. Lees was in the squad. Why didn't one of those people stay in the squad? Stay on, you know, stay have a little bit of a winter in Australia. Sibley didn't even want to be in the Lions. And I can see why now, with how crap all the openers have done. He's thinking, I'm going to look amazing in the summer when I start scoring runs again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I don't know. Australia made a couple of changes well. Uh, Richardson and uh, Michael Nessa both out. And I think this is one thing that speaks volumes to the depth of the quality of the Australian bowling lineup. They they're without um, Hazelwood. They were without Cummins and Hazelwood in the previous test. Still mm. one. This one they brought in the ultimate horses for courses. Martin Bicknell pick that, that I <laughs> yes. can ever remember. Scotty Boland comes in, a Victorian native, played at the G. All, you know, all his life. He's played there for years, but he's taken wickets. He's got an immaculate bowling average there, and they just make the ultimate selection choice. I think out of anyone has ever made since time began. Come in for a test, mate, and go take six for seven to win us the test. It just seems out. Nisa was incredible in the second test, wasn't it? And this kid, guy comes in. I was about to say, this kid, he's 32. He's still, he's still young for us, I suppose, isn't he? But <laughs> he's, he's come in and just, like, test cricket? What? This is dead easy. It's just like playing Sheffield Shield. It's easy. It's probably playing, like, grade cricket, to be fair, the way we've batted. It's... It is. I think that's a little bit detrimental towards great cricket. To be <laughs> I think you might be right. I apologise, great cricket fans. It's, um, <laughs> it, it's, it's a little bit of a shower. Now, <clears throat> we're not going to walk mm -hmm. through the whole scorecard, but there's, no, there's bits around this first innings that really needs addressing. Okay. So, Crawley and Hemi both go early doors, and that's that's fine. That's the nature of this England team. It's the 
second worst opening average since World War II that we've got this calendar yeah. year uh, for England test openers. And that's 70 odd years now. So that, that's pretty poor. Crawley, we didn't really expect much. We didn't see much. Australia like him because he's tall. When he came in, he's like, oh, he's tall. Yeah, we love tall people. Uh, wow, yeah, good for them. Yeah, great. Middle order player. Well um, mm. Hamid, Hamid goes again. He's He's got another duck. He's in a world of hurt. I think yeah. that the question now becomes, does Hamid get given the same tolerances that Dom Sibley's well. poor year had and <laughs> Rory Burns' poor year had? I know what my answer is to that, but I don't want to jump on that one just too soon. It's interesting as well. Haven't we equaled the 1998 England record, though, for the most amount of ducks in a calendar year? 54. Yeah. To also, to just while, while we're talking about what achievements, maybe these are the positives, by the way, the silver was done. We've, we've got achievements. We've also tied with Bangladesh, haven't we, for the most defeats in a test, cal- test defeats in the calendar year as well. Yeah. So. They might be the positive. But anyway, yeah, I don't know what Hamid's going to do, I'll be honest. And I would, it would not surprise me in the slightest if he doesn't play in the next test. Yeah, he, he looked gone a little bit, actually. He looked yeah. really deflated and yeah. you can see the want to do it. He's getting some good balls, but I, the way I look at it, the Australians have played better because they've left better. The actual length yeah. of bowling from mm. your main bowlers, especially in the second test, wasn't actually that great. The, the, there wasn't mm. a vast difference in length. It was just they left good balls on length. Mm. England play those balls, and all of a sudden, the corner of the yeah. bat and the, you know, you know, your gloves in Hamid's case start to come into play, and yeah. you're making yeah. things hard for yourself. Yeah, I've got to just say though, openers do get good balls. He is trying to occupy the crease. Second innings, he hung around for nearly an hour. He's trying to occupy, he's trying to stay there, see the new ball off and do his job, but he's getting good ones. Yes, he might not be playing perfectly every delivery with ease at the moment, but I don't think any of our openers would be. Um, So he is at least trying, but when I say it wouldn't surprise me if he's out in the next test, it's because I don't think there will be the same level of um, patience with with Hamid versus the likes of Burns and Sibley. Yeah. Um, Next one I want to raise is David Milan's had a great series and, and mm. he is one of the positives we've had. He's come in and looked good at number three. Mm. But this isn't me trying to spin a negative on a positive. However, there's parts of his game that I'm starting to see reminiscent of 2017-18 and how Australia are bowling to him and starting to be quite effective. He made 14 here at a really slow rate for him. He normally scores a little bit faster than a 21 strike rate. That's, that's even below Dominic Sibley territory. Mm-hmm. But... I'm slightly concerned about that. Root was class. Stokes, Bairstow, Butler. Absolute mm. white ball engine room of this Red Bull team. How We've spoke on the podcast before about being positive and positive intent. Positive intent doesn't mean being reckless. And I, I felt the dismissals here on the first day of a test match was a team that are like, we actually, we've just got to do something different. We've got to do something different. And two guys getting out trying to play ramps is <laughs> on the first, first, first day of the test match. That's a great way to go. And Joss Butler, for his awful, terrible keeping in the second test match, followed by some spectacular mm. catching, some woeful batting in the series, followed by an absolute humongous rear guard that almost mm. got us over the line in the second test. Here plays possibly the worst shot I've seen on the whole tour. The ball before, I want to call it the ball before T. He comes down the wicket. He tries to put line into the stands. Bat turns in his hands. He's caught halfway between the boundary and mid-wicket. Um, and we go in for T. Like, what do you do with that? Is that 
the the brain of someone that's like I'm done. I'm just going to try and go out on my own terms. There's a there's clearly a lot of frazzled players now. Whether that's just this series, whether that's a combination of of the of the cricket calendar, um, everything building up, but some big big decisions have to be made uh, at the end of the series about who we go forward with. And perhaps there are some players like Butler, like Bairstow, and I know Bairstow, he's got his fans and I'm sure he wants to play test cricket. But people like them, they're into the 30s. We keep speaking about how sneaky old they are. Maybe they want to focus on white ball cricket going forward. I'm not suggesting it, but I just wonder if they might. And it might then give an opportunity to the likes of Ben Folks to come in there and just go in a different direction. Because we've tried this this Bairstow-Butler you know, um, trial or whatever you want to call it has lasted a long, long time. And, it, and we haven't really reaped the benefit in a test arena from either of them. No. I, I, mean, I do feel for Bears though, with, with how in and out he's been. Uh, he's been treated like we used to treat batsmen in the 90s um, and another decades. But I just don't see how we could progress with them. And it's when you are doing getting out in the way they're getting out. Yeah, there's something not right anymore, is there? It's just... You just brain. It, it's good to see something different because I feel at times England have just bottled it all up. You notice when mm. you see Warner play, how hard he takes the singles, mm. how hard he runs between the wickets. And I'm not yeah. saying England don't run hard, but I'm saying we're so this or mm. that. It's so black yeah. and white. We're There's either no blocking, in between. Yeah, we're yeah. so black and white. Every ball's yeah. going to get us out, and we've just got to defend, 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 or we need to hit boundaries. And yeah. this isn't T20 West Indian mm. style cricket where dot balls are okay because you know you can mm. clear the boundary four times in and over for the last yeah. 10 overs of the game. This is yeah. a different game. You can't always see bad weather coming, so it's essential that you're able to see through it when you drive. Michelin wiper blades with advanced technology hug your windshield like a Michelin tire hugs the road, channeling away water, snow, and ice so you can see clearly, drive confidently, and breathe easy. Michelin Wiper Performance, clearer than ever. Upgrade to Michelin Premium Wipers today at Walmart, Amazon, and other fine retailers. Yeah, it shouldn't be dots and fours. It should be, like you said, David Warner, great point. Run singles hard, rotate the strike. Hamid and Burns were doing that pretty well, especially in the first test even as well, and the back end of the summer. Matthew Hayden was one of them players where I wasn't a big fan of until I saw him in the stadium. I've never seen anyone run as hard as him. As an opener, especially as an opener, running between the wickets. He was exceptional. That's what puts pressure on opposition. Suddenly you are going at three or four and over rather than one and two and over. Yeah. If you can just, you know, just work the gaps a little bit. I'm I'm not talking about talking about high risk, you know, working it down to third man and going through third, you know, third slips hands or something. Just be sensible. There are gaps in the field. Be a little bit positive. Try and get out of that dot 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 blockade. And then, oh, I need to get the pressure off here. I'm going to try and smack one over the top for four. Yep we don't seem to have a plan and that, yeah. that can't just be the players that that must be the coaching stuff that must be the setup it's the captain it's everyone what is the plan for these yeah. batsmen Marnus does it well I, I know Marnus is getting a lot of licks at the moment because he's playing so well he's number one in the world he mm. leaves the ball better than anyone in test cricket and then when he plays the ball other than the short ball mm. from Ben Stokes I think it was in the second test which we bowled too much in the end mm. it's intent he's looking to either block or take a single, or if it's a bad ball, he's going to put it away. He's not trying to make the good ball a bad ball to put that away. And if it's a good ball, there's a chance he might be able to get a single because there's space at cover. It's, mm. it's, it's just clever. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, it's, it's something that teams have done well over time and we have just completely forgotten. And we're letting bowlers of high quality. Mitchell Stark is absolutely out of this world at the moment. Shane Warne, yes, he's swinging it. Yes, he's bowling well. 
two for 54 innings. <laughs> Pat Cummins is, I'm putting my hat down, is yet to bowl a bad ball in the ashes. We've yeah, finished I'm three not, test matches. I've not seen him bowl one ever, I'll be honest with you. No. <laughs> he's just one of them blokes. He's, love him. Absolutely he's, love him. He's amazing. He's tall. Mm. He's handsome. He's nice. He, <laughs> he can, he's got the dime. He's, hit, he's hitting it every single time. There's a difference in bounce depending on what's going on with the pitch. He, he can nip it both ways. It's quick. It's not Ollie Robinson. And this isn't a negative on Ollie Robinson because Ollie Robinson is the positive to come out of this England bowling unit yeah. from this year. Yeah. He's absolutely exceptional. But the lack of pace, I think, if he had another 7 to 10K like Pat Cummins, you're talking mm. about him in a Pat Cummins sort of situation because yeah. he can world, do similar type of things. Yeah, absolutely. Cummins has shown as well, Captain C, don't worry about it. It's not that big a deal. Bowler yep. being a captain, it's fine. I know it's up against this England team. Um, don't want to be too disrespectful, but, you know, can't help it at the moment, can we? Uh, we? We talk about what's in front of us. But Pat Cummins has been great. It's been a great decision. We will, I'm sure, at some point get on to the conversation of whether Joe Root will endeavour and continue as a captain. And the way he's still talking at the moment, he, he deflected a question, didn't he? About captaincy, about yes. focusing as a batsman, it's focusing on the next ball, the next over, the next session, blah, blah, blah. I can see him, him moving on from captaincy. Yep. Obviously, he'll still be the absolute anchor and linchpin of this batting lineup because he is the batting lineup. Yep. Um, but I can see that this is the series that kills a captain. Um, that, that means that you want to just just go and focus on your cricket again. Um, yes. So maybe there's a bowler out there that can be a captain. Who knows? Who would have thought it? It's not just a batsman. Because if we are just looking at batsmen, we're in big trouble for captain. Yeah, we are. Especially when we don't know what the lineup's <laughs> going to be. Uh, exactly. Jack Libby coming in Captain England and open the batting on debut, mate. Um, Is Adam Hollyoak still available? Especially <laughs> as captain. He could well be. Um, 185 all out. It's, a, it's another miserly total by England. I think one player I need to call out here at the start of the series, Nathan Lyon was nearing the end of his test career. He was on 399 wickets. He got smacked around by India. Um, and in the first test match, he looked very ineffective until he got his 400th wicket. And since then, he's been on a roll. Three for 36 off 14 overs. It's not just the three wickets. It's absolute control, but it's not negative control like we're trying to use Jack Leach in now and that's not a hit mm. on him that's just how we're using him it's mm -hmm. trying to take wickets and he's being effective doing it he's got 12 wickets at an average of 21 for a spinner in Australia is outstanding considering Jack Leach is going it's, it's eight and over seven and over something ridiculous <laughs> but for England really really poor position the day closes on day one Rich Australia are about 64 for one but it's a positive 64 for one. And I hate using yeah. the P word. I'm dropping the P word a lot here, but it was counterattacking. It was fluent. It was putting the bad ball away. It was yeah. running really hard. And it was positive intent about every single thing they did. They did not let the England mm. bowlers settle. Um, David Warner went just before the end. But mm. day one, I don't know. As an England fan, I looked at this and went, this is the worst possible day we could have mm. had. The only way it could have been worse if it's, is, was if Australia had 10 wickets left at the end of the day. They had nine. Yeah. Yeah, and, that, and that's fair, obviously. But when you look at how that innings ended, 267 all out in the end, wasn't it? It's a good response from England. Any other time, if England knew could actually bat a little bit, you know, if, instead of the 185, if we get that 220, 250, it's even Stevens. You, 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 there's not much in it in this test match. Yeah. 
Um, so you've got to give credit, I think, as well, to the England bowling staff. I mean, James Anderson bowled, bowled fantastically well, didn't he? Oh, what a spell. Um, you know, it looked like a wicket every ball just about coming. And there's nothing better than a Jimmy Anderson spell when he's when he's going like that. And Ollie Robinson and Mark Wood taking a couple of weeks apiece, along with Stokes and Leach. So it was a good comeback, I thought, from England. Yeah. Um, but but it just, has been all series, hasn't it? We've bowled well all series. We've Yeah, and that's what we spoke about before. We've bowled, I was about to say, we've bowled well at times, but we have bowled well. We haven't caught, yeah. <laughs> so that means that we have to do everything twice. We have to take 15 wickets most innings, it feels like. Maybe, well, that's extravagant, but all right, 12 wickets each innings. Yeah. Um, but they have bowled pretty well. Uh, I'm not set up, I'm not happy and set on the on the makeup of this attack still. I think Stuart Broad is being massively underutilised at the moment, and it's such an important game. I think you need to get your best players, your most experienced players, the ones that want the fight uh, in there. Um, whether Jack Leach should have been in this squad or this team um, is a completely different question, isn't it? He, we, we talk, I mean, you know, we'll, like I said, we're going to zigzag around a little bit here, but we talk about how underprepared England was. Jack Leach is the absolute example of underprepared, isn't he, in yes. this series? He's hardly had any cricket. And again, it's not a criticism of him per se, it's the organisation, the setup, the planning. Um, so why bother when you've got an ineffectual spinner? Why play him at the moment? I don't know. I, I, what does it do to someone's confidence? And we've done it with Bess. We've done it with Leach. Yeah. Like the rest of rotation has absolutely yeah. just boiled down to ruining people's years and mm. you know potentially careers. We treated mm. Bess like he was something on the bottom of the shoe. We've done the same to yeah. Leach. We played on yeah. a spinning track and gone. We don't trust you. Now we're playing yeah. at the G, which you know, has been a, a road with these dropping pitches year on year. And this time we get a pitch with a bit of grass that does a bit. So it's, you, you know, it, it's it's a little yeah. bit hard, but it doesn't come to the right. fact that you're not enabling your players to be the best versions of themselves when they go out onto the pitch. No, and that comes down to coach and captain. You know, Joe Root yeah. has been brilliant as a batsman, but he's not getting away scot-free from, from the, how we have played. It has to come back to captain as well as coach. Jack, you're absolutely right. There's no if, if I'm Jack Leach, I'm, I don't feel confident. Absolutely not. And also, is anyone looking at these tracks before they pick the team? Yeah, because this has got it was like a, a quite a ridiculously, you know, relatively speaking, ridiculous amount of grass on the pitch. It was 11, 11 centimeters. This the groundsman in me is going eleven not, centimeters. Not, not, you're not eleven millimeters. Uh, yeah, yeah, eleven millimeters. <laughs> I was going to say eleven inches to start with. I was like eleven that. centimeters. <laughs> <laughs> Like playing that's, well still, that's still a lot of grass. So it's green and there's a lot of grass on it. Oh, do you know what we'll do this week? Well, instead of Bolt playing the spinner at the spinning track, we're going to put him on that other really green track that was even yep. more green and had more grass in it than the Gabba. We'll play him on those ones. It is brain dead. I don't understand the logic of it whatsoever. It's almost like they've gone out to the toss. They picked the team in the pub the night before and just whatever. That's the 11 that's turning up. So it doesn't really matter. We're going to play with a spinner. It's the club it's, cricket thing. Who can ridiculous. play an away game this week? Who can play away? Yeah. Oh, no, sorry, yeah. I can only play at home. I'm working in the morning. No, that's because you're playing <laughs> top of the league, mate. You just want to play at home. You don't want to get smashed. Oh, man, absolutely. But bowling has been the, the better. The, the, if we had to pull a positive, it has yeah. been the bowling attack. Yes, we haven't took the catches, but bowling attack has been better. And England at that point, 267 all out for Australia, following the 185 all out, was an okay position. So all you're looking for now, is England to, to dig in, yep. to see off the new ball, be disciplined, leave well, like Hamid was doing in the first test in the first innings where he was leaving the ball on, on length as much as anything else, wasn't he? Not just on line. And just make sure we're there. You know, we've got a chance to actually put up a score that we can then force Australia to sweat a little bit in having to chase a total that they might not feel comfortable doing. 
so that's that's not uh, we're not asking for a lot there, are we? Uh, well, you're not. But so what I, happened next, Rob? Uh, <laughs> I, the the words I've used to describe <laughs> this are amazing, satisfying, fulfilling, disappointing, anger. I I felt oh. all of those in that last hour of day two. It was. <laughs> Everything that you want Test cricket to be, it was mesmerising. The crowd were eating and just living and breathing. Every single ball that was bowled, and every single ball felt like it was going to take a wicket. So it basically everything you've just said, unless you're an England fan, so, it was you know you, it was you want it to be a test. This is what you want Test cricket to be, unless you're an England cricket yeah, fan. Yeah, it, 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 <laughs> taking a back seat away from being an England fan, it yeah. was amazing. It was, you have these moments that you get in test cricket that you don't get in any format where you just get these special moments where you've got 50,000 people just Mm. all engulfed in the same thing. Every moment, every ball. I think the best moment I felt in cricket for a long time Mm. was the World Cup quarter final, I think it was, Mm. New Zealand, Australia back in 2015. And Mm. it was a packed Eden Park and Australia got rolled, New Zealand got rolled, Kane Williamson hit a six to win, win them the game at mm. the end with one wicket remaining. But the whole crowd was going mm. mental for every single dot ball until Kane Williamson could get on strike to knock off those last 20 runs. Mm. And this, this is an opposite effect. This is rabbits in the headlights, bowlers mm. just feeling like they're going to get a wicket every ball. And I don't think there's a better thing as a cricket fan to, to go wow, everyone is in this moment together. And I, mm. this would have been incredible for an Australian fan. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, this is what you, you dream of, isn't it? Especially against England. This is the fun stuff. But um, it's just, it's, it's heartbreaking though as well, isn't it, from an England cricket fan? Because you, you start thinking, well, this is not bad. You start talking yourself into thinking maybe we've got a chance <laughs> of actually getting something back in this test match. Maybe the series isn't over. And then by the time you wake up, you know, the night watchman's, out left yep. one with a bloke holding around the wicket again frazzled minds isn't it surely you know i know we're talking about we need to leave better but christ alive you're going to get cleaned up with a bloke coming around the wicket maybe it's not the line to leave yeah um it, it, just it was it was hard awful. but it, it was high quality bowling cummings was out yeah. of this world to say i don't think he took a wicket on no, that he didn't not end not of the any, second day but no he was just amazing. And I think that's the thing that you've got. You've got him being amazing. You know Stark will take wickets and bowl wicket-taking deliveries mm. with a new ball. He pushed one across Zach Crawley. No surprise, Zach Crawley nicked off. But I think the one that really hurt was when David Milan looked like it was 10, 10 mile an hour too quick for him. It hits him in the pads. Really? Um, and that's, that's mm. the moment. That's test cricket. When a bowler is mm. just on and he feels that momentum... It is like he's bowling a ball 10 mile an hour cricket, even though the radar gun might say yeah. two or three. But it just, mm. it's, it's special, test cricket. And it's moments like that that make it special. Mm. Yeah, I like that. It's a good shout. And even if you are on the receiving end, if you are England, you can still appreciate that if you're a fan of test cricket, even though it is a little bit of a hard pill to swallow. Uh, but you talk about, you, you, you kind of made me start thinking about Stuart Broad when, you, when you're speaking in those terms. Because yeah, that's yeah. The, but that's the, char- that's the guy we have in this squad, in this setup that can ride that wave and that can put that spell in. Um, and I don't think there's anybody else. I think there's players that can play well. Jimmy Anderson is obviously arguably the greatest that's ever done it, especially from an English perspective. Yeah. But he's not usually a, a knock over a team in a session no. bowler. 
Ollie Robinson has done pretty well, and he's he's you know he's positive. He's taking his wickets at about mid twenties in this series, I think. You know he's done well. He can hold his head up high uh, on the way home. But there's nobody else in this setup at the minute that can go and completely destroy a batting lineup like Stuart Broad can. And I'm not saying I know exactly how this team should have been picked, but I'd always think if you're trying to win a game and you're trying to save a series, it's two nil in a five match series. You need to win this one or at least draw to stay in it. I need Stuart Broad in my team, and you have yeah. exactly just described what he can bring to you if he's firing and if the crowd's behind him and you get that right piece, right, right time in the test match and that right momentum. Um, and it's, it's, yeah, we just miss players like that. I think in, in, in times like this and credit to Australia. I mean, Scott Boland. Yeah. Yeah, I, I he's the last so, test in this one. We're, we're two for seven, mate. And we closed the day at 22 for four. And I think what's disappointing mm. is Stark's bold, amazing. Cummins bold, amazing. Scotty yeah. Boland comes on. Takes two wickets. <laughs> Easy. He gets he gets Hamid out, who's who's caught behind. I think it was yeah, again. But he's hung around. Yeah. <laughs> Does he need a break? Maybe mentally switched off. But mm. then Jack Leach comes in as night watchman. Last two balls off stumps, pegged back, <laughs> and the the atmosphere mm. and noise. Like I'm not kidding you. I could hear it from Auckland in New Zealand, mate, without the TV <laughs> on. It was it was. Absolutely oh, insane. And then the next day rolls around and we see what is it, an England procession being bowled out for 68. Yeah. It's something we've seen. I think we've been bowled out for less than 105 times in the last couple of years. But yeah. Scotty Boland was exceptional. And it was almost like this can't just this can't be happening. This 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 can't be happening. But at the mm. same time, and I, I felt emotional for him because he's 32, never thought he played mm. test cricket. He's called up. And he's going back to the stands and they're chanting his name. And I could feel myself welling mm. up for him. I'm like, yeah, special, oh, what, what a moment. And then he's on the, uh, he's on the ground with a beer and his kid yeah. after the game. And it's just like, that's the, the greatest professional moment of his life playing out in front of 50,000 people. Um, but in- England were just, they bowled well. England, they bowled exceptionally well. Let, let me make no mistake about that. But we were toothless. Mm. Ben Stokes was really poor footwork. Joe Root, mm. hard drive, just looking like he's trying to be too positive, just like, I can't put up with this shit anymore. Um, <laughs> Johnny Bairstow was, was unlucky. It was an umpire's call, umpire's call twice mm. on, the, on the review. Yeah. That's pretty hard. Mm. Um, and I'd put that in the very unlucky category, but mm. they're the rules of the game. You're still out if it yeah. meets the umpire's criteria. Well, well, that's the thing. We spoke about this before, and, and plenty of more intelligent people have as well. The stumps are bigger now. That's yeah. how you have to see it. The stumps are bigger because if the umpire says it's out when it's clipping the top of off or wherever, and it's a millimeter of the ball clipping, if the umpire said it's out, it's out. So therefore, the yeah. stumps are an inch or so bigger than they used to be. So it is a difficult one, especially when you're having a run of umpire's calls getting you out. Um, you've got to be looking at that and thinking the umpires, yes, they're correct in their decision but they're guessing. They're not making the right decision, in my opinion. If, you, if your ball's clipping, there's, there's too much doubt there. So they've, they've missed something. But I'm not blaming umpires for this. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's the least of our worries, the least of our problems. He actually is the least of our worries. But, yeah, um, I, I stayed up, just quickly, I stayed up to listen to the start of play. I've refused to watch it. I'm not going to waste my eyes on, on this cricket at the moment. But I, I listened to some of it, and I think the first wicket went, and that was it. Five lives gone. That's it. It's like, this is going to be a procession now. Actually, I think just before I turned it off, I don't think I even had a chance to turn it off after the first wicket. It felt like the second wicket fell quite quickly afterwards. 
So that was it, wasn't it? And then uh, I expected this to be finished quite quickly, but not quite didn't <laughs> score as many runs in an innings versus what Marcus Harris got in the first innings. Yeah, exactly. Marcus Harris. Um, <laughs> Outscored I'll, I'll, by we'll touch blow. on Marcus Harris in a second. I, I want to finish on Boland. Only one bowler in men's test cricket has conceded fewer runs while taking six wickets in an innings, which was Jermaine Lawson against Bangladesh in 2002. Boland's efforts go down as the cheapest five-wicket haul on test debut ever. Uh, at 32 years and 259 days at the start of the match, making him the oldest pacer with five-wicket haul on men's test debut since 1950. Um, nice. This is, I'd, this has got the, the, there could be a movie about this. Yeah, yeah. It's got I, that I feel. I thought that's where you're going. Plus, as well, his, his story as well. It's not just about a 32-year-old who's with Victorian playing at the MCU and making his debut and taking six wickets. It's, he's an Indigenous Australian, isn't he? It's a great thing that as well that somebody of his heritage and his background has stepped up and done this against England yeah. when the ECB is still mired in the absolute muck of the of the racism scandal at Yorkshire and all that, you know. And I'm sure that will be even bigger by the time it's all finished. So it's quite, I don't know what the right word, not fitting, I don't want to say that, but it's, it's a nice story to see him do that, have that success, yeah. that they're bringing those cricketers in. Um, you know, Australia have got their issues, obviously, but they're bringing those cricketers in and he's having great success. It's, it's kind of nice to see that. And that builds it up and makes it an even better and bigger yeah. story, doesn't it? It's like, get, go, come on, Disney, get, on, get involved with the Scott it's, Bowman story. It's, it's great. Hell, they made, a, they made a film in New Zealand called The Kick, so when New Zealand won the 2011 Rugby World Cup, their mm. three first fly halves were out injured and they, mm. they called up oh, Don, uh, Stephen Donald to come in, who was farming in Hamilton to play the <laughs> World Cup final against France. So, like, nice. it's, it's, it's incredible. Also, one more start on Boland. 19 yep. deliveries to take his five-wicket haul, which is joint fewest amount <laughs> of balls ever. And you were there. Stuart Broad also took 19 Trent wickets Bridge. at Trent Bridge in 2015 for his five-wicket haul against Australia when he got eight for 15. Legend. Broadie. Broadie. <laughs> Broadie loves it. Um, so, disappointing from England. And I've got, so, I've got some questions. You reckon? You reckon? Okay. <sighs> Root as captain. Let's start off. Root as captain. Yes or oh. no? So, Root is the joint... Um, most wins as test captain with Alistair yep. Cook, I believe, but he's also got the, one of the highest. I don't know what the, how, how to say this now because I looked at it earlier, but there's also a high amount of defeats as well. So I don't know if it's the most defeats as captain. Yeah. Um, obviously, we, we didn't keep captain this long historically, did we? So it's not necessarily a bad thing. It just means longevity. You're going to have a, a lot of defeats as well as a lot of wins. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yes, equal with Alistair Cook. I've never been overly convinced with Joe Root as a captain. I think it took him a long time to find his way into who he was as a captain. I think he was led quite a lot by the senior players in the team. He's then sort of found his way a little bit and had a bit of a spell, but he doesn't quite seem to be the guy. And I don't know who it should be. And again, we spoke about this before. It's not just about who should miss out because they're not good enough. It's who can replace them. Yeah. Now, for me, Joe Root has been exceptional this year. I don't think there's ever been a year, has there, with a guy scoring so many runs and the next person, there's such a gap between the two. Most all time, most all time, even from a an England point of view, and also from a number one, number two in world cricket Mm. point of view. Rohit Sharma is number two with nine hundred runs. The gap between one and two is the most it's ever been. Yeah. So, so just the year he's had, we're going to look back on this year and just be thinking, what a waste. We could have achieved so much this year if we'd have had half a setup. 
um, and again, where the issues have arisen from, why we've ended up with a setup like this is a huge conversation. It, it can go a long, long way, but we're not going to get there. Joe Root is a captain. Love Joe Root. Joe Root has been an inspiration. He's been amazing this year. We need him. We need him to be at his best. I need to see Joe Root relinquish that captaincy, hand it over to somebody else and just be Joe Root and batsman at number four. He looked tired. He looked tired and... I think that's the first time I've really seen him because he's been, always been such like a baby face little character. Yeah. And this Ashes we, series, I think, is the tipping point for him as a captain. I think we, what's difficult for us is that he's been so good as captain, mm. particularly this year, it's mm. brought out the best of him. If you look at his overall captaincy record, he averages 47. If he's not captain, he averages 52. But mm. 2021 has really <laughs> made Jeru the... Yeah. Uh, you can make a call for putting him at the top of the Fab Four over mm. over the last eighteen months. He he's been that mm. good. Yeah. Um, I I wouldn't want it to be a tarnished finished to his relationship with England as captain, and then it has a detrimental effect. Um, I think if he wants to step down, he can step down. If he wants to yeah. stay, I'd actually let him stay because I I don't think there's another suitor for that role. I think, I think you're absolutely right. And I, you know, I didn't obviously make that point when I was talking, but that's the important part of it. I would like to see him step down. That's what I'd like to see, but I'd like it to be him deciding he wants to step down. And when I read earlier, that's what made me start thinking about it. He sounds like a man that is seriously considering it or has even made his decision already. Yeah. I'm not saying that is the case, but that's just how I've read it. Um, if he wants to say he's captain, how the hell do you turn around to Joe Root, the one-man batting lineup, and say, no, we don't want you as captain? How do you tell him that? You know, who, well, who the hell is going to take it? You know, Ben Stokes, with all due respect, if he gets it, Ben Stokes doesn't have a massive, you know, catalogue of experience of captaincy, as far as I'm aware. Um, and who else do you go to? Wokes? Do you go to Anderson? Do you go... I don't know, because there's no one really in this team that's got a spot solidified as much as, as, uh, as Stokes. Or, or Root. So, yeah, if, if Root wants to continue, then I think you, you have to let him. Yeah. I think, but I think you do get to the point with him where you, you try and work out what's best for him. You know, we had this whole thing with him batting at three or four. We, we settled in what's best for him. Captaincy or not captaincy, we need to work out what's best for him. That's and fair. He, cool. You know, convince him if we need to. But I don't think going forward, he should be the man. I just want him to be Joe Root, the batsman, the number one batsman yeah. in the world. And go and establish himself. Go and put some daylight between the likes of Steve Smith and Coley and Williamson. And I'm not yeah. going to class Lavishan in that at the moment. He's just on a great run. He's, he hasn't done enough yet to tell me he's yeah. one of the best in the world. Um, but uh, but yeah, just I'd rather see that. So that's my elongated take on the Joe Root captaincy conversation. I like it. I think it's fair. Um, Chris Silverwood, and there's two points to this. One, should should he be the head coach going forward? And two, should he have responsibility for everything like no England coach has had mm. previous? I don't know enough about what coaches are, are out there who would be interested in the job. You know, yep. 90% of the year, probably traveling around the country, hotels. You can go and get jobs, T10 here, T20 there, yeah. 50, I don't know, whatever. You can go and get whiteboard gigs all over the world and make more money than being the test uh, or overall head coach, selector, whatever of England. So it all comes back to that with every single decision we make. It's not about who's in the team and who should be out the team. It's who can come in. And it's the same with Silverwood. I'm not saying we keep him just because, but you've got to get someone that's going to be an improvement. That's the first thing. You know, as a coach, I don't think he's made, you know, he's, he's one of those, he's part of the setup, wasn't he? 
I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing at the moment with the ECB. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really like anything that's associated with them or that they've put the time and effort in. Um, you know, maybe we go outside again. I have no idea, but I don't like how it's we've come to, you know, with the fact that he's doing the selecting as well. It's far too much responsibility. Yeah. I can understand why England did it in the first place because the Ed Smith experiment wasn't working. There was some personal relationships and stuff. There were some issues all over the place, wasn't there? It wasn't just who he was picking. But this is too much. This is way, way too much. How the hell can he coach? How can he, you know, focus on his relationship with his captain and how his captain captains games? How can he improve the bowlers? How can he improve batsmen if he's also responsible and taking all that time trying to look at who the best cricketers are? He said that this is probably the best 18 players in the in the country who have been on this tour. I think it was him. It might have been Root, but I'm pretty it was. sure it's Silverwood. It, it was Silverwood, was it? I think it... Oh, no, Root. Or was it Root? It was Root. Yeah. I saw the quote on Twitter but, today. But, yeah, but they're speaking for each other, aren't they? They're going to be talking, They're going to be saying the same things. And if they, if they genuinely do think that, we've got a fundamental issue with, uh, with the setup and with how they're identifying talent. And that's yeah. just at England. We can go all the way back to schools when we're talking about identifying talent. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know what? There's probably a long conversation about that's where the problem huge. starts. <laughs> huge. Um, huge. For, well, you've got to go to the right schools, haven't you, to be a, a county cricketer and then to be an international cricketer. If you don't go to the right, well, you know, private If you want to be a batsman, schools, mate, if you want to be a batsman, you need to come from a family of wealth, uh, is, the, is the general yeah. consensus, because the amount of coaching, but bowlers come from the mines. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm yeah. rolling back the years here and making stereotypes. Yeah, just a very quick point. I saw this earlier on Twitter from uh, Tom Brown, 1593 at Twitter. All the male batters have made the debut for England since 2011. 95% white. 77% privately educated. Yep. It's like, that, come on, a... where, where are we looking for the players, though? It seems like, it, yeah. you know this, sorry, I've jumped in, Rob, but you know yeah. yourself, South Knotts cricket, where we play, if you don't play, or Bassett Law in our region for Knotts Prem, if you don't play for three or four clubs, Trent Bridge Knotts are not going to be looking at you. Or if you are a young lad at one of another team, they're going to get you away to one of them three or four clubs. They yeah. only look in certain areas. We are missing out on talent all over the place, whether it be schools, whether it be clubs, wherever. It's only yeah. a very small section of society that have scouts and coaches' eyes placed on them and given those long long opportunities. Yeah. I, I think the one thing about the 70% um, uh, education rate is mm. it's not their fault that they've got access to oh. these things. And that's no, a, no, no. I'm not, and I'm no. not saying you're saying that, but I've yeah. seen this on Twitter. Um, yeah. It's not their fault and it's, it's not... Is that Crawley's fault that Terry the Till flies him off to Perth to go and play Perth cricket? That's mm. just really good fortune on their part that they're yeah, in that yeah. position and uh, Terry the Till's got a few dollars in his cash. The, the problem is that we, we don't or haven't, I don't know what schemes are out there at the moment, done enough to get into public schools in front mm. of kids and go, hey, this is cricket. It's awesome. Come play. Have a great time. It's a great sport yeah. for everyone. Yeah. Um, I, I, that's where I feel we've really let ourselves down over... 20 years, as well as not having TV, sorry, cricket, yeah, test matches TV. on TV for, what was it, 15 years? Yeah, well, 2005, wasn't it? After the, that, you know, everybody's ashes, the, the non-cricket-loving yeah. public watched that ashes. That's how important that was. Lord knows what we could have done after that if we'd have carried on on terrestrial TV and kept that, kept that wave, wave moving along. There's so many things we can look to, isn't it? Access to terrestrial TV is one. People aren't seeing cricket. Schools, how many schools now are playing cricket unless you are the private schools that are getting these ex-England England internationals going to coach them? Every, there's so many things we can look at. We are missing out on talent left, right and centre. You look at other sports, 
you know, I mean, American football have got an academy in England now. Yeah. They're, they're looking for players with this, with sort of attributes and then getting them into a new support, new sport, yeah. making it. There's, there's ways of doing it. We just don't seem to bother. We just look at this is the funnel. This is where the players start here in all the clubs and we filter them down into certain clubs. Then they go here and it's that's it. That's all we're looking at. And it's, yeah, no, no fault of their own, these individuals. They've been brought up and brought through these schools. But there, there has to be more um, more roots into this setup than, uh, than there has been. And, yeah, massive conversation, massive conversation. I'm, I'm going to make one call for defending Silverwood because I feel... Go for it. We need to give a balanced view on him. It's mm. not his fault that England players can't bat. <laughs> True. <laughs> that, that is the defending point, that he's picking the guys who have been around Test cricket yeah. or have generally have done well in county cricket to a certain extent um, and are the highest run scorers in county cricket. And they've not made the step up. And that could be, you know, agree. institutional. Yeah. It's around the coaching, the setup, what, what they're doing to get the yeah. players prepared. All the players just aren't good enough. Remember Vaughan, Tresco, guys like this average mm. mid-30s mm. Um, in county cricket came forward. Huge runs at test cricket. Marnus was the same. God, stop talking mm. about Marnus. He's the new Marnus. KP for me. Um, uh-huh. yeah. it, it's not his fault. That, not that I've said entirely, it. not entirely his fault. And I'm not, I'm not kind of crucifying Silverwood. I don't know enough. Like I said, I don't know enough about who else is out there that could do a better job. So I don't want to just get rid of him yeah. if we're going to get someone, a worse version of himself. But he is ultimately in charge of the coaches that coach underneath him, whether they're the batting coaches, bowling coaches, whatever they might be. There has to have been conversations with how they work on these players when they're in the squad. Yeah. So why are these players not improving when they hit the international level? Yes, there's, there's some of these faults or tweaks or whatever in technique should have been sorted before they get to the international level. But if they haven't been, somebody at some point needs to grab hold of them, whether that's Truscothic, Collingwood, whoever, Graham Thorpe, whoever's in this setup, the head coach ultimately is dictating how much or how involved people are. It doesn't seem to me as if this setup wants to particularly tinker with any of these players' techniques and improve them. Yeah. And so. you've, you've got to look at it and you've got to go, mm. what are players value these mm. days? Because what it used to be, um, speaking for everyone, having never played <laughs> county cricket, um, <laughs> yeah. county cricket, get a county mm. contract, play for England. If you're yep. not playing for England, go yeah, overseas, true. go to Australia, New Zealand, mm. South Africa, go and play cricket mm. in the winter. Now county mm. cricketers uh, want the white ball contracts because that's huge yeah. money. It's life-changing money for a period of time. So you get mm. the guys who are probably at the upper echelon of hitting mm. a cricket ball in England – and they're going to go, well, I've played Sri Lanka, I've played Bangladesh, I've mm. played uh, Caribbean, yep. then I'm going to go and play in the Abu Dhabi T10. Like, yeah, that's the money. Happy, great career, great life. Diff- yeah. Amazing life. Mm. Different format, different objectives, um, and not going to make you a better test cricketer. And there, that's something that we, I don't think we can change unless there is money in domestic cricket, which is not yeah. anywhere in the yeah. world. Yeah, and I just want to put it out on the record here, and I'm sure you'll agree with me. County cricket, per se, is not responsible for this failure. The 18 counties as themselves, yeah. that setup isn't responsible. It's how this calendar has been been put together. It's the focus on gimmicky competitions like the hundred. It's the it's the moving to start and end of summers and messing around with the calendar with with county cricket. Don't blame counties. We don't need to go to a city based system. We can't. The tradition's too much. We can't change that, but it's how we are 
dealing with and looking after test cricket and in a, in basically something like, oh we're not looking after test cricket we're not looking after four-day county cricket so therefore we're not looking after county um the test cricket and if we don't that's where the money comes from into the ecb coffers yeah if people stop wanting to watch on tv if they stop wanting to go and sell out test matches that's when they'll start paying attention maybe i don't know but it, it's we've completely neglected four-day cricket and yes, this is the have. end result before, we, we 2015, have. yeah, was it 2015, the World Cup, where we was absolutely embarrassed in Australia, and then they had a, yeah. a root and branch review, and then we won the World Cup, didn't we? Yeah. Four years later, we'll have the same maybe, thing, mate. There, there maybe, will be a yeah. report out of this when it finishes off five mm. nil. Pessimistic, yes. Factual, yeah. yes. Yeah. But yeah. that's what will happen. They'll look at it. Um, you know, it is a conversation for a different podcast, one that I'm really, really keen to do, and have been putting thought into about how the mm. hell do you structure English cricket? Because it's not going away. I see huge benefit to the hundred and I didn't at the start, but you know, I've softened over time <laughs> and I think it is an amazing way to get a format on terrestrial TV and cricket in front of kids. And it's fun. And you could see the joy in kids mm. faces. The okay. T20 did that anyway, but this is going to make BCB more money. Um, irrelevant. They're all going to be around. You need to find a way to structure mm. county cricket to fit in with the calendar. And for me, that is going away from playing 14, 16 games a season. It's got to be less. You've got 18 yeah. teams, split them into three groups in a division and have quality, high-grade Division One mm. cricket at the top, which is the pinnacle. Increase your overseas players, have two overseas players in your team so you've got a better quality mm. and better players coming in to play with. And then you've essentially got 66 players taking the pitch, playing Div 1 cricket, um, 10 games a season, playing against some international stars coming in as well, and you create intensity around the game. That was one thing I took away from this season's campaign with the group stages in that initial 10, th 10 games. It was like, wow, this is there's yeah. meaningful cricket most weeks. Create that it's, and create a structure yeah. where you've got top, middle and bottom. Mm. Teams can promote, relegate. Going yeah. forward. So you're not playing 14, 15 games a season. No. So just talking about basically having that three-tier system like we've had, but not then going to this playoff system afterwards. It's literally or going to a different group. It's literally 10 games a season, home and away against you, the other five opponents in your top division, whoever yeah. that six may be, and that's your county season. Yeah, yeah that's it's a good shot. 10 I games think a I'm, season works in yeah. New Zealand. Yeah, and I don't see why not. With five million people with 80% less players, and they can field a good white ball and test team. It works Absolutely. in Australia. Australia didn't play yeah. a test match from January onwards, but they still play real high quality. Mm. Right. It might not be as good as what it was in the 90s, but it's high quality, intense mm. Sheffield Shield cricket that means something for a period of time. And just make sure you've got the games going on during the right months. And I'm not saying every game needs yeah. to be played in August because that's it's the best wickets because no. school holidays should be mm. about getting kids to the grounds. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Oops. that's the key. I think, yeah, the way you've put that, though, I think that's absolutely bang on right. And I think it is the scheduling, though. We have to put that suit four-day Red Bull cricket. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I, I think that's a complete podcast for itself because yes. I've been putting pen to like paper it. on this. It's getting like serious. It. It's like pen it. to paper, trying to plan it out. Um, yeah, I've got to just give you credit as well, actually. The two overseas, I think we have to come back to that. It has yeah. to. We had that for a while and it just raised the standard so much. The players we were getting over was incredible. So, yeah, yeah exactly. All, all for that you, well. you, can, you can see it from both directions. You can see people going, well, if they pick two overseas batsmen, then there's only 
four top English players in that team. And it's like, well, those bowlers are getting better playing against it. Likewise, if two bowlers, there's yeah. two fast bowlers or a fast bowler and a spinner from overseas, you know what? Our Div 1 cricketers are playing against mm. uh, Hasaranga. Hasaranga's retired. Yeah. Oh, no, no, Has- Hasaranga's right. But you're yeah, playing against someone saying. of high quality. And face it, yes. county cricket, yeah. it, it's got to be done. You've got to raise it. And this is the thing. The whole point has got to be, you've got to take that pot of players in county cricket. You've got to get the best going to the top and you've got to get them ready. They have to be played. They can't just go to county cricket and not accidentally score a thousand runs, but actually they have to be challenged yeah. to, and really grit and really work hard and really apply themselves and bat time and understand game situations. And not just like, Oh, where are we today? What are we doing today? Oh, I'm just going to bat for an hour. Oh, I've got 60. Oh, that'll look nice. My average is looking all right. You have to do more than that to keep your place. Some of these lads playing county cricket, you know, fair play to them all. You know, I, I would have loved to have been the 16th man in a county squad for, for 10 years. Yeah. You know, that would have been a great little livelihood, I'm sure. But you've got to get it to the point where there's better players playing for these counties and that it's getting, you know, it is real, real competition. And then we might see that we start reaping the benefits in the test arena. Because it's not just about ability, is it? It's about temperament that we always talk about, but it's also yeah. mentality. Yeah. All those things combined make it. You can have a great temperament, but if you don't want to score any runs or you don't want to see the moment and have that real positive winning mentality, temperament and ability is nothing. So, yeah, big, big question. I love the thoughts you've had on that, mate. Honestly, I couldn't disagree with any of those points. bit taken aback by the 100 point, but I do take what you're saying. We could have just had T20 on, on TV, but yes, if the ECB is going to make more money, they're going to get behind it. And if it's here, we have to find a way around it. But if you had to look, do a root and branch review of what's going on, the first thing you'd probably do is rip out the 100 and put in a domestic T20 competition because at least we're then still working towards an international T20 yeah. and then a World Cup T20. We've, yeah. What we've done is we've won the World Cup in the 50-over game and now we've turned it into a second 11 competition. Yeah, so in four years or whatever year's time, we're going to be going... Oh, I don't know why we've been crap at, at 50 over international ODIs again. So we, and it's, the cycle starts again, doesn't it? It, it, do, it does, mate. Um, last question. If you, <laughs> and I'm going to start off with some stats and, and you can pick this apart. Right. At the 25 openers who averaged the most in county cricket in the last three years, <laughs> we've tried nine of them. <laughs> and there's, there's one at the top of that isn't there that's, that's not been anywhere near it uh, Dom Sibley is way above anything else over the last three years in minutes batted per dismissal balls per dismissal his batting average um, Jake Libby's number two yeah. and I, I delved into Jake Libby a little deeper which is something that he wasn't expecting no no <laughs> um, he, his average is exceptional his average at, at home is exceptional which is what you'd expect from new road where open has averaged 66 in the last few years it literally is a new but he road. averaged 44 away from home this year which is up on his his average over the last three years was 34 away from home he averaged mm-hmm. 44 this year jake libby question mark come the west indies tour or is he not even thought about? And you've got Alex Lees, who averages, you know, I'm looking at this, about 46, 47. Mm-hmm. Um, a Tom Haynes, maybe a, a little bit young, but a Rob Yates, who's come through mm-hmm. and averaged 44, 45 uh, over the last couple mm-hmm. of seasons as well. So think, one, we've I used think... a lot of players is, is the point of this. But two, yes. if you, openers is the biggest issue we've got. Who do you bring in? Because we need two of them. I think we could be looking for two new ones. I really like Hasib Hamid, but I just wonder if this England team will have patience with him. I don't know why. 
I'm not going to start filling any gaps in or, or say what, what's in the back of my mind with this, but it, I just don't think they will have patience with him. I think going back to Sibley would be wrong because I, I don't believe he will be a player that's different enough. The, the version 2.0 of, of Dom Sibley will not be different enough. Um, he's, you know, technical issues and the fact that he yeah. can't score on one side of the wicket. I don't think he might start that for a while, but I think he'll drop back yeah. into who he is. Uh, Zach Crawley, no, 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 just no. All right. He's not an opener for me. So Jake Libby, absolutely. Why not? I wonder though, this is a whole thing about how these players get through to the very top of the game. Minor Counties player, then was Trent Bridge. He's late twenties now and he's at Worcester. That's, they're all kind of minuses, aren't they? They are. If, if he wasn't playing late. at Worcester, for he'd me, probably get picked, right? That's the point. And he came through minor counties as well, didn't he? Before yeah. he came to Nottinghamshire. You know, he came through late. Well, you know, not, I mean, forget about not letting him go. That's another conversation. Um, but if he's not at Worcester, if he's playing at Yorkshire, we know what happens. He's opening the batting for England already. Yeah. There's a mentality with these selections and, and how we look at things. Oh, New Road. They're probably not delving into it. Oh, he scored most of his runs at New Road. There's no point looking into it. Well, actually, no, he's scoring a lot of runs elsewhere. He doesn't play every game at New Road. So, yes, yeah, absolutely. Why not give him an opportunity? And he, he actually played. I made an assumption he played half his games at New Road. Actually, it was only about 33% of the games were played at New Road that he's played in. Oh, okay. It's interesting. Um, so, <laughs> again, it's someone that's scoring runs. Hassan Hazard, yeah, he scored his runs at Leicester. But he scored, his run, scored a lot of runs, averaged a lot for multiple mm. years. Yeah. Um. With a with a rubbish team, and that's not mm. an offence to Leicester. They are <laughs> generally in the bottom two mm. of county cricket bat, uh, batting averages or results yeah. year on year. Yeah, he is excelling. Why don't we take? And it's not going oh mm. get all these players in, but you'd like to think there's some sort of shortlist, and they're bringing them in. They're doing some nets with them. They're talking to them. They're finding out yeah. what what the ticker, what makes them work. How but how that's do you go under pressure? Well, that's it, isn't it? It's not just how many runs they've been scoring over a number of you know number of years. Yes, that that's a good sign that they are they do it consistently and they've got something about them and they can bat time, blah blah blah. But you have to work out what they've got. Have they got the temperament? Have they got the right mentality to play international cricket and not just survive at international? An average thirty, you need them to thrive. So yep. we need to understand that. You know, there's likes of Rob Yates, isn't there, at Warwickshire that keeps being talked about. He was on the Lions tour as well. He's somebody that Paul, Paul Farbrace has, has pointed as as being a player that probably does have the right temperament. But bear in mind, he is director of cricket at Warwickshire, where Rob plays his cricket. And funnily enough, he also said he thinks Dom Sibley should probably get another opportunity. You know, he's going to say that. Obviously, he's a guy that his words are going to get some weight, aren't they? Um, as being an ex-England coach. So there are people like Rob Yates out there as well. Tom Haynes, I was surprised that he was completely overlooked, but I haven't seen enough of him to understand. I've seen the scorecards. I've seen snippets of his play, but I don't know enough about him. Obviously, England aren't convinced yet. Um, I don't know who else is out there. You know, Libby, Hazard, Hazard sorry, um, Yates and Lees, and then obviously Tom Haynes. Who else is there? I don't know how many more op options we have at the top of the order. Well, you've, you've used them. You've used Keaton Jennings. You've used Rory Burns. You've, I'm looking at last season's stats. So you've used yeah. uh, Dom Sibley. You've used Adam Live. You've used Hamid. You've used Stoman. You have used Zach Crawley. Um, and Sir Alistair Cook is unavailable for selection. And there, uh, I think I've got 20 players on this. That's about half of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. Where'd you go? So you've got to be bold, haven't you? And, and if they do decide that Hamid isn't the guy going forward, which I hope that they do persevere with him, and I hope that he has that innings that just makes it all click and he's a different player at international level. But if they don't, 
two new openers. We've got to get him in there. We've got yeah. to be looking at other players that we think have got the right temperament as well. Harry Brook at Yorkshire is somebody we spoke about. We thought that he might have made his way into this squad um, for the Ashes. I think it's Yorkshire, isn't it? Um, yeah. He yeah, Get people like him into this international arena. Get them into the setup. Allow them to grow alongside Root, alongside Stokes and others, because we're going to get to that point again where Root and Stokes suddenly become very you know, sneaky old as well. Yeah, And then you, you've got a top six without anyone with any yeah. quality. We see how precious things are. Stokes has had, had these difficulties. He's missed a lot of cricket in the last year. There's no reason, potentially, why in a year or so's time, he might not miss another year. He might not play test cricket. You know, he, you don't know what's going to happen. Joe Root might think, I've had enough. You know, test, test yeah. cricket's been too much for me. I've played my 100 test matches. I'm going to go and go, go and put my feet up a little bit and have a bit of fun in the white ball arena. Yeah. We don't know how soon it'll be when we have got nobody in that top six that you can hang your hat on. Yeah, so it's time true. to get these players in alongside Joe Root when Joe Root is being arguably the best that's ever done it. Yeah, um, in, yeah, with a bat for England, definitely for England. Um, last point, and we liked. I like this. We're finishing on positives, Rich. Um, so I'll go, you go, and we'll we'll go when we run out. I'm going. Christ, <laughs> Joe Root, greatest year of an English batsman. Yep, absolutely. Can't can't agree anymore. Uh, do whatever we can to look after that man uh, and keep him going. Um, blah, blah, blah. Robinson, Holly Robinson, I think he's done pretty well. Nine wickets at uh, 26, I think it is. Done pretty well for England. Uh, I'd say that's pretty well. I yeah, think he's, done well. Out, out of everyone that's come in to the Test Arena from an England team, he's the best... I think I think is what what I'd like to say. He's got thirty seven wickets at twenty one for England this year. Out of everyone that's taken thirty seven wickets, that's the fourteenth highest average of all time. In essence, he's the fourteenth best bowler that's ever played Test cricket that's took thirty seven mm. wickets. That's 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 pretty useful. Um, mm. <sighs> positives, God. positives. Jimmy Anderson's <laughs> spell was yeah. He bowled one in two thousand seventeen at Adelaide, which was world class. This was world class with being uh, a little bit more unlucky, but at 39, uh, I still think there's a couple of years left in him because he can still bowl 85 mile an hour and swing it around corners. Fair enough. Fair enough. I hope he continues. I really do. I hope he keeps going on. I mean, he's not far off 40, is he now? Yeah. So it depends how long he's got left, but I really do hope he continues. Positives. Um, positive is going to, hopefully we'll see some of the other guys in the squad. Yep. have a game of cricket in the next game. So maybe Overton gets an opportunity. Maybe Don Best gets an opportunity. Why not? There's no harm, yep. is there? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Ward. Dan Lawrence as well. Sorry, Dan Lawrence. I missed him. Dan out. Lawrence. I, I think Mark Ward has been exceptional. Uh, he bowled us. I think he bowled a whole day. I might be wrong on that. Where his average mm. pace was over 150K. He's dangerous and any team in the world would want him bowling like this in their team. He has been exceptional and uh, mighty unlucky. Oh, fair enough. I'll take that one as well. Um, yeah, I'm struggling now, mate. Ben right, Stokes being back um, in international cricket. I'll just quickly say that Ben Stokes being back, he's not the player he once he was. He will get back to that, I'm absolutely yep. sure, but it's great to see him back. Ollie Robinson bowling off spin, David Milan bowling leg spin. One of the highlights of 2021. We're shambles. So We're shambles. So we don't, we don't need a spinner then, do we? Just let them lads twirl away. It's fine. Um, and uh, we caught better. We, our catching has improved. Well, it couldn't have been any, you know, couldn't be any worse, could it? No. We're, we're probably Sorry, catching at a moderate level. 
sorry, I've gone ultra, ultra negative now. I refuse to hear one more positive. <laughs> um, I, I think that's what's done, mate. We, we've, we've, I can't do any more. <laughs> we've gone over an hour. The fourth test, uh, Sydney, I have seen on Twitter, is going ahead. There's a huge oh. Omnicrom. That was nearly the biggest positive of the series. I got <laughs> so excited when there were some positive tests in that camp. Obviously, I hope they're all, all okay. But I was so excited. I was thinking, right, that's it. Just call the series off. Send us home. 2-0 to Australia. Well, you didn't really win the series, did you? It was 2-0 out of a five-match series. <laughs> Who knows what could have happened? Yeah, Damn. so that, that test looked like it's going to go ahead in, in Sydney, mate. So yep. New Year, Sydney. 4-0, maybe some changes for England and maybe just possibly a little bit of optimism for this English team. So um, thank you so much for listening, guys. I hope this has been therapeutic for you, especially the positives and looking forward to the future of English yeah. cricket on what has been a difficult time. Yeah. I just want to jump in with one thing before we wrap up, mate. I just want to say just I hope everyone had an amazing Christmas or holiday season if you don't uh, actually do Christmas and just look forward to the new year. It's been a crap couple of years overall, hasn't it, for everybody? So just, just a bit of optimism as we go into 2022, hopefully, and just, uh, you know, we start looking forward to the summer again. Optimism prime. We'll leave it with that. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs> <laughs>